Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Today I'm going to talk about a little thing called offense, the spirit of offense. And today we are going to, Mia, put that thing up. I want everybody to say this together. Say goodbye to offense. (laughs) Come on, say goodbye to offense. I believe we can walk into this year carrying no offense. And when that thing tries to attack you and tries to come at you, we're going to be like, intruder. Like, no, 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 it's not going to happen. And offenses are going to come. Luke 17 says that betrayal and offenses are inevitable. It may have already happened to you this morning where someone's offended you. Or maybe, I don't know, you might be offended with God. I don't know. Offended with yourself. It probably will happen before you leave this room. It's possible. I hope it doesn't. But it's possible. Offenses will come. But I believe that the Lord is leading us to a place where we can have an opportunity to choose peace or to take offense. What will you choose? Um, You're going to let it go or you're going to dwell on it. That stuff, offense will chew you up and spit you out real quick. And it'll keep you in a defeated place. And I say no to that. Proverbs 17.9 says, love overlooks the mistake of others. But dwelling on the failures of others devastates friendships. In the Amplified, it's really cool. It says, he who covers and forgives an offense seeks love, for they show love. But he who repeats or gossips about a matter separates intimate friends. Are you offended by this message? Hmm? No, I hope so. Don't or don't be offended by this message. But I believe there's, it is, it's right here. He who covers and forgives an offense seeks love or shows love. So to me, already, the groundwork is being laid that love is the answer to overcome offense. Love and forgiveness. Um, Jim Baker says this. I love Jim Baker. He says, offense always reveals what's in a person's heart. Is it gold or gossip? Is it teachability or arrogance? The spirit of offense, that's all Jim Baker right there. This is me. The spirit of offense will affect your heart and cause you, I'm going to read this slow, wait. The spirit of offense will affect your heart and cause you to feel the need to justify yourself. Most of the time, your justifications are based on a wound or an area that is not healed in your heart. You need to surrender the right to stay hurt. Surrender the right to stay hurt. I'm so justified in this. They did this to me. They did this to me. They said this about me. (sighs) Healing and love says I'm going to surrender the right to stay hurt. Don't stay in that place. Don't own the offense or own the hurt. Own freedom and peace. That is your inheritance. That's what belongs to you. And the enemy wants you to stay hurt. Offense, anger, bitterness, and strife, all of these things are useless. They're completely useless to your life. I think that I've, I've found that there's people sometimes where they don't even know how to function outside of stress or outside of anger, or outside of frustration. Like, they don't even know what that's like, and they're comfortable in it. 
They are all useless emotions. All they do is keep you bound up, and most of the time, it keeps you bound up more than the person who offended you. That's, that's the thing, too. I feel like there's times when someone has hurt me or has done something or has offended me, and I look at them, and they're just perfectly fine. And I'm like, they have no idea what they... No, it does. It keeps you bound up way more than the person who offended you. What are you going to choose? If you feel that you have the right to stay offended or that you have the right to make sure that people know you are offended and then start telling everybody that you're offended, that is not being quick to forgive and forget. Here's Proverbs 19.11. It says, a wise person demonstrates patience for mercy means holding your tongue. Do you have situations where you didn't hold your tongue and you're like, dang it, I should have held my tongue? Jason, my daughter in the back, fantastic. When you are insulted, be quick to forgive and forget it, for you are virtuous when you overlook an offense. Are you going to be quick to forgive and forget? And anger and unresolved conflict will make your heart a living hell, but you were designed to have a whole and healed heart filled with the peace of God. <laughs> the power of peace, the peace of God is so amazing. It's time to say yes to healing because offense is trying to rip apart and destroy the body of Christ. And we say, no, that that is not going to happen. He is not going to take our peace. You ever find that when you don't partner with peace, you feel like everybody's against you and everything's against you. Everything's falling apart. You can't even make a decision, right? Because you're so full of offense and then self-doubt sets in and you think that maybe what they said was true and then it kind of gets you in this whirlwind of just mess, mess and then it brings up trauma. Oh my God, I remember when my mom said that to me and now this lady's saying that to me. I remember when my dad did this. I remember when my dog didn't come to me, whatever it is. Like everybody gets offended by every freaking thing and it's like, come on, we can live a life filled with joy and peace and be quick to forgive. Be quick to forgive and believe the best. They are useless emotions. All of those things are useless. I say take hold of your peace. Keep your peace. There is so much power in your peace. Partner with that peace. Oh, man, there's, oh, this is the enemy's tactic is to divide the body of Christ with offense. And if we don't choose to be healed and take ownership of some of these things, we carry these wounds into every relationship and they remain there until something or someone triggers them and then it becomes an offense. That is so rotten and so poisonous. This is why the enemy wants you bound up with offense. It will damage and hurt every single relationship. It's inevitable. It will. Something will trigger it. That's how the enemy works. He's there to destroy. He wants to keep an offense. I remember I read this book. Um, it's called The Veil. And it's about um, like supernatural encounters and this guy who sees like crazy stuff in the spirit. And I remember he shared a story on there where he was like having lunch with his friend and she was sitting across the table. And she's always, he, he sees things, angels, demons, everything, right? And if you don't believe that stuff, I don't know. Believe it. It's because it's true. Um, but... The guy, the lady's sitting across and he's looking at her and she already knows him that he sees in the spirit constantly. So she's like, oh my God, what do you see? And he's like, nothing. She's like, I know you see something. What do you see? You always see things. 
And what he saw was that she had a wound, kind of like an open scar right here on her head. And he saw like this little demon, really small, sitting on her shoulder and he's just picking at it. And what's funny is that in the natural, he said he would see her that she kept going like this. You know, she'd drink her coffee, eat her stuff, and she just kept kind of going like that. And she looked frustrated. And it was, he said, he goes, I see your open wound. He's like, and I see that the enemy is like trying to continually pick at this thing and pick at it. And the crazy thing was that this little demon had a chain on it and it was wrapped to her, to her leg. She has, she had, he goes, you're the one that's keeping that thing bound to you because it picks at it and then it tries to run away and you keep pulling that thing back in and then it jumps up, starts to pick at that wound and then it tries to go away and it comes back. And that's the thing where I said there's times when we come to our lives when we've had these things for so long, they become a part of us and it is, we don't even know how to truly let that thing go and it just keeps picking at you and picking at you and picking at you and it starts to affect not only you spiritually but also in the natural. So this, I'm just showing you, this stuff is real. Like if you are going through torment right now or if you have an, a wound or an offense or anger or unforgiveness right now, the enemy is here to torment you and man, there is freedom and hope in Jesus right now. And I believe that because of your union with Christ, you can choose to either partner and believe that that thing is gonna is a part of you and allow that spirit to attach itself to you. You can say, no, I'm choosing to believe that I'm set free. I'm choosing to believe that I can forgive, that no matter what was done or said to me, it is not greater than what the Father thinks of me. Come on, offense is running um, rampant in our society, but even more so, it's in the church. Because the enemy knows if he can bring offense against us, then that spirit of unity doesn't stand a chance. The spirit of unity within the body of Christ is devastating to the kingdom of darkness. So of course, he wants to cause us to be offended with one another. And it's petty things. It can be little things. She didn't look at me. He didn't say hi to me. He doesn't believe this. Vaccine, no vaccine. Mask, no mask. Like, there's always something that can cause you to be offended. The, the church offended me. I'm not going to go back anymore. This person did this. And I know these emotions are real, and I'm not being ignorant to the fact that things have happened, um, that have happened to you. So don't hear what I'm not saying. I care about those things. Some of us really were hurt. Some of us really have been wounded. But as the body of Christ, we have the authority to not allow the spirit of offense to live in our hearts. It may, it's a thing of, um, I always say, like, even if you get angry or have these things, they're emotions, you feel them, but don't let that thing live in you. That's the thing, because when it starts to live in you, that's when it's become a belief, and it's a wrong belief. Um, I want to show you this, the scripture, uh, Proverbs 18, 19. It says, this is, the, this is how strong offense is. It is easier to conquer a strong city than to win back a friend whom you've offended. Their walls go up, making it nearly impossible to win them back. Ooh, that's dangerous. If this isn't division, then I don't know what is. I mean, this is why we need to look at situations through the eyes of Jesus 
and be quick to resolve and forgive and heal. And nobody can make you do that. It's your choice. You can choose to live with the walls up. You can choose to make it impossible for anybody to come to you. You can choose to make it impossible for you to trust anyone again. My desire for this campus and for everyone, but even just for this church and this body, that we would be so healthy and filled with forgiveness that we would be so healed and whole. I'm telling you, man, I hear so many stories of people that are offended and they're hurting and they're angry and they're bitter. I'm just like, you do not have to live like this. Don't believe the lies. Remember who the Lord said you are. Remember who he says you are. He says you are perfect. He says you are kind. He says you are patient. He says you are long-suffering. He says you are bold and you're courageous. Why do the lies sometimes get so much bigger than the truth? And it's as simple as believing it. Stop believing those lies. Remind yourself, remember who the Lord says you are. Don't allow wounds to be a filter of how you respond to others. Ask questions. Believe the best. Maybe ask yourself if there's a lie you're believing. Sometimes you can take those things that quick and just say, okay, God, what am I believing about this? Sometimes immediately that thing will leave. But if we don't ask the questions and we continue to look through everything through this lens of offense, how, we're, we're never gonna grow. You know what I mean? Your hearts are gonna grow. You're gonna stay stuck in this mess. There is hope. Believing the best, ask questions. I feel like 90, I don't know, as far as the people that we counsel, I feel like 95% of them that come with a hurt or offense, it's usually because they need to be reminded of what they carry. It's that simple. Offense, it's powerful and strong, but it's, I almost feel like it's really easy to come right back. I feel like it's, there's an opportunity for it to be easy to stomp that thing and come right back out of it. What are you going to choose to believe? Do you believe who you are? Do you believe who the Lord says you are? The spirit of offense attaches itself to a belief. It will stay with someone who believes in it and justifies it and babies it, maybe talks to other people about it. You feed that thing until it grows and grows and grows and it consumes your thoughts and eventually will affect the ability to walk in forgiveness and love. I say no. You weren't meant to bear the fruits of offense, which are filled with bitterness, pride, and all that mess. You were created to bear the fruits of freedom, hope, humility, is a huge one, (laughs) to defeat the spirit of offense. Can you humble yourself for a minute and stop holding on to the right to stay mad And say, God, I'm going to let this go. I was hurt. Okay. I was wounded. Okay. But your grace and your blood is stronger than my wounding. Your love is stronger than this hate that is in my heart. Your love is stronger than this unforgiveness of what has happened to me. And I say that I am strong enough to rise above this thing. 
The spirit of offense will not attach itself to me any longer. And we tell it to go in Jesus' name. We tell it to go in Jesus' name. Spirit of offense, you have no right in this place or in any heart that is in this building. So I just come against that right now in Jesus' name. And I remind you of who you are, that you are not a slave to offense, but you are a slave to righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And if offense and anger has taken your joy, I say let joy be restored into your heart right now. This thing has tormented you for too long. It's caused you to have sleepless nights. It's caused you to be sick and have migraines. It's caused you to have stomach pain. This thing has taken over the body of Christ. Christ, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and I am saying no more, not in this house, no more offense, no more offense, but God, that we will be a people who are quick to forgive and lay down our rights to stay hurt. No more. I'm done. No more. And you know what? It's called self-control. You can control what is going to happen to you and how it's going to make you respond. It's not called everyone else control. It's called self-control. I love this. Um, Joyce Meyer says, this is so good, says, we will never be free from any problem as long as we're blaming someone else for it. You can be free no matter what they do. <laughs> That's so good. Come on. You can be free no matter what anybody else does. Talk about a kick in the butt to offense that I can say no matter what anybody else does, nothing is going to take my freedom. Nothing is going to take my peace. No matter what anybody says about me, no matter even what they assume about me, nothing is going to take my peace. What will you choose? How would it feel to lay your head down at night and say, wow, I'm not mad at anybody? When's the last time that's happened? I'm not mad at myself. When's the last time that's happened? That you can lay down your head at night in peace and say, I'm not mad at anyone. And I'm not even mad at myself. That's the type of freedom. That is our inheritance. That's what the Lord wants for you, for all of us. To be able to have peace, freedom, that you can, at the end of the day, say, Oh, man, I feel so healed. <laughs> I feel so whole. I am healed. I am whole. I trust in you, Father. They'll come. Offenses will come. But what are you going to do with it? Even in, um, even in marriage or relationships, someone can do something amazing. My husband could do a million amazing things for me. But one thing... Especially, like, I feel like wounds hurt even more from the people you're closest to, that you have the most intimacy with, your best, best friends, or your spouse, or even your kids, your parents. The wounds hurt the most when they come from the one who's closest to you. And what offense does, it causes you to forget all the good, and it makes you remember that one thing, and it tries to stick itself to you, and it attaches to you. He wants you to forget all that's good. Sometimes you need to step back and remember and be thankful and look at the big picture because it's easy to focus on this is what it is, but then the enemy is just like, hey, look at this. Look at this. Remember this? 
remember this, remember this. Say, no, I remember the good. I remember the faithfulness of Jesus. I remember the time that my husband was there for me and he took care of me and he cooked for me and he did these things. I remember the time my best friend was there for me. Yeah, maybe she hurt me yesterday, but man, I know she loves me. And I can think of at least a dozen times where I've called them, I've called her, I've called him and they've been there for me. This is the division that offense causes of these relationships that are supporting one another. They're causing us to be healed and the enemy will come and say, let me throw some offense in there. Let me cause you to remember this, to remember that. Are there situations maybe that need to be confronted? Sure. Do they always need to be confronted? I don't think so. This is just my opinion and how I feel. Because I feel like at the end of the day, you can ask the Lord, what's the next step? You can ask Jesus. There are times when the Lord deals with us and not everything needs to be said. Ugh. How many times I've experienced that where I'm like, that was so unnecessary. And you know what? That was probably just to get it off of my chest more than anything. And it brought no resolution and no healing. In those times where we can ask the Lord and we feel like we have the right to say something, ask Holy Spirit. He might be saving you from a lot of grief if he says, you know what, just shut up for a minute. Bring it to me. Let me remind you who you are and let's move on. That's mature. That's maturity. That's spiritual maturity to say, okay, Lord, I remember I'm going to bring this back in. I'm not going to let that thing, I'm not going to feed it even more, but I'm going to come back and say that. Forgiving and confronting an offense shouldn't look like I need to get this stuff, this stuff off my chest so I feel better. It should look like I'm going to surrender my right to stay hurt and choose to love and forgive and believe the best about the one who offended me just like Jesus did on the cross. We have the perfect example of the one who had every right to be offended. He had every right to feel rejected. He had every right to feel angry. But he did it. And you know what he did? He prayed for us. He had every right to be upset and say, they're hurting me. I'm here for them. But what did he do? He prayed. Father, forgive them. Oh, God, let us have your heart for people. I think that was a picture of laying down a fence, showing the power of it, showing the power of the love, the love that Jesus had for all of humanity. He could have taken offense. He could have been angry, could have been hurt. But he's showing us that even in the deepest of pains, Jesus went through pain that none of us could ever even touch. None of us, none of you are going to touch the pain and the suffering that Jesus went through for us. And he chose to say, Father, forgive them. He chose forgiveness and he chose love and he prayed for us. Do you pray for those who offended you? Is that your first go-to? I'm saying to myself, I'm not saying I do all this, so don't get me wrong. I got a lot of hot mess stuff to work on, but... This is such a perfect example of the power of forgiveness. Jesus himself. Don't have unrealistic expectations of people. 
Not everyone knows your story. Not everyone knows what you've been through. Not everyone knows your triggers. But be quick to forgive. Some of them might know your story, and they might know your triggers, and they're poking at you. There is access to be able, from the Father, to have the grace and the love to be quick to forgive, right? Does this make sense? It feels heavy, but it, I'm, I'm, I love you. I, I'm so passionate about this because I'm hearing it so much, not even just in the church, but just in general in society. Of Everybody is offended and mad about something, right? Everybody is mad. I'm sure everybody in here right now can think of one thing that you're mad about, right? It's just, it's what it is. Those are emotions, they're fine. But this thing that I feel like that, that, the, that the enemy tries to grip us with is keeping on this, in this place and where it causes so much division. So I'm just gonna give you just some practical ways um, just to close out of how to overcome offense. These aren't the only ways, but these are Gigi's ways. Um, and Holy Spirit's. Pray. <laughs> Pray. If you've been offended, Sit down for a minute and pray. Talk to Jesus. Pray for those who have offended you and that you might need to forgive. Pray for those who maybe you offended and may need to ask for forgiveness. Sometimes reconciliation might not be possible, but there is always an opportunity to release the offense and receive freedom. Okay? not saying to go and be best friends with everybody that hurts you and blah, blah. There is an opportunity, and if the Lord tells you to go forgive, you better obey quick. But also, if there's, um, there's always an opportunity just to release it, release it to the Lord. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that, too, when we're done. And ask the Holy Spirit where to go from here. Number two, more often than not, um, offense typically involves two parties, unless you're offended with yourself, which, I don't know. But most of them um, involve two parties. If you can't resolve it with yourselves, this is scriptural, ask the Lord about maybe somebody you need to bring in to help mediate. It's very simple. Someone, someone, not a thousand people. Don't tell everybody about your offenses because at that point that thing grows and it is the beast that will become gossip, <laughs> right? It will eventually do that. Your offense, the enemy will just water that thing with all kinds of stuff. And eventually, that offense, you tell everybody about it, it's going to become gossip. Take it to the person. Number three, forgiveness and letting go. Jesus said to forgive 70 times seven. And I think this was an emphasis on the fact that we need to constantly be forgiving. I pray that forgiveness and love is always your first option. Um, this one last scripture, Ephesians 4, 2 to 3. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially toward, especially toward those who may try your patience. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace, being one body, one spirit, as you were called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. It's hard to develop a spirit of offense if we're good forgivers. <laughs> if we are good forgivers. I, um, I want, I think, yeah, we're at time. If we can have the uh, prayer team come up. I want to pray over you. And if this is something that hit you, and I know it feels, maybe it's something you need to process, 
But I say, I'm going to be bold and say why. Take it home and process it. The Lord is here. Freedom is here. Let that thing go. Let that thing go. Forgive. Why carry it around with you? Forgive. So I'm just going to, yeah, if we, just stand on our feet. I'm going to pray over you. Our prayer partners, if you want somebody to come into agreement with you, if you want to just come to the altar and, you know, by yourself and just release some stuff to the Lord, you can definitely, obviously do that. Can you put the um, music, just a little bit of music on? Um, I just want to pray over you. Did this word, did it, did it make sense? Did it feel time? I feel like it's timely and there's, they can always be a little bit dangerous kind of tackling some of these things in regards to tr triggers and trauma and pain. And so, um, again, I said, don't let the enemy come and make it feel like your, um, your emotions and your heart don't matter. I'm doing this because your heart does matter. Your heart deserves to be healed and whole. It's what the Father paid for. So... Let's give him what he paid for. <laughs> Let's give everyone else what the Lord paid for. Give them freedom. Give them a whole you. Give your spouse a whole and healed you. Give your friends a whole and healed you. Forgive. Lay the offense down. Say goodbye to offense. And if you see any opportunity where it comes, even throughout this next hour, this next week, this next year, you have a choice to choose offense or to take peace and go to the Lord about it, right? We're so blessed to be able to have Jesus, the hope of Jesus, and his peace. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.